0: themselves the New York Dolls, and they're a New York band. The lead singer was born and raised in Staten Island. The dolls are one of a number of New York street bands, with names like The Street Punks, Queen Elizabeth. The music is rough, not polished. The lyrics are shouted, not sung. It's always belligerent, hostile, and deafeningly loud. The Dolls are a social phenomenon. In the city, they sell out wherever they play. They're in their late teens and early 20s. So is their audience. This is a new generation and a new music. That's a 1973 local TV story by Joel Siegel. The New York Dolls would release their self-titled debut album in July of that same year. The album was praised by critics, but it didn't sell well. The band had been playing Lower Manhattan regularly since their first show at a homeless shelter on Christmas Eve 1971, and they had gotten a big following in New York, but their label, Mercury Records, had trouble marketing them outside of New York, and the record peaked at number 116. These days, the New York Dolls are considered to be a highly influential band, with their androgynous clothes, makeup, spandex, dresses, and high heels. They predated the glam metal scene that wouldn't hit its peak success until a decade later. They're also considered to be one of the first bands in the early punk rock scene. But back in the early 70s, getting a record deal wasn't easy for them. Their big break came in 1972, and not exactly from who you would expect. Rod Stewart, of all people, invited the Dolls to open for him at Wembley Pool, now called Wembley Arena, on October 29, 1972. While in England, they went on to play some shows with Argent and Roxy Music as well. But the tour ended when their drummer, Billy Murcia, died of an overdose. After they returned to New York, the rest of the band, Arthur Kane, Sylvain Sylvain, Johnny Thunders, and David Johansen, tried to find a new drummer. Drummers Marky Ramone and Peter Chris both auditioned for the band, but ultimately, the job went to Jerry Nolan. And by March, the band had signed with Mercury Records.
1: Was
0: Reactions were mixed. In a 1973 poll for Cream magazine, the Dolls were voted both Best and Worst New Group.
1: I can't guess you guys aren't ready for that yet.
0: The band continued on, releasing their follow-up Too Much Too Soon on May 10, 1974. This would perform even worse than their debut. It peaked at just number 167, and about a year later, Johnny Thunders and Jerry Nolan would both leave the band, and Mercury Records dropped the New York Dolls. Replacement band members were found, and the band tried to carry on, but they would play their last show on December 30, 1976, at Max's Kansas City. Frontman David Johansson would immediately embark on a solo career, signing with Blue Sky Records, a sublabel of Columbia. His self-titled solo debut was released in May of 1978. Once again, it was praised by critics, but did not connect with audiences. With the exception of the album hitting number 91 in Australia, neither the album or its single would chart. Johansson's next album, In Style, came a year later. This time, he made an attempt to be more commercial, recording some pop songs, even getting into the disco craze. Over the next several years, Johansson continued on with his solo career, releasing a live album in 1982 and two more studio albums. Around the time that he released his fourth album in 1984, he was starting to develop an alter ego. In a 2013 interview with Vanity Fair, Johansson was asked how he developed this character. He said, quote, What happened is that years ago, I was playing in a rock band, and I was listening to a lot of what I call pre haze Code rock and roll, what I call jump blues. I used to hang around in a saloon on 15th Street called Tramps, where they had a lot of great acts like Big Joe Turner and Big Mama Thornton, who did residencies there. I had been itching to sing some of those jump blues songs, so I booked the place for four Mondays to do a little cabaret. And that's how I started doing Buster. It gave me an opportunity to sing songs that I wanted to sing but couldn't normally because if I go out as David Johansen, I have a certain kind of repertoire that people expect. Whereas this, I get a chance to sing whatever I want to sing. I just started telling some jokes every once in a while to keep the thing rollicking. That's all there is to it." End quote. This alter ego, of course, was Buster Poindexter. He didn't want people showing up at the cabaret shouting for him to play David Johansen or New York Dolls songs, so he would have the venue leave out his real name. Only advertising as simply Buster Poindexter. During a Tonight Show with Johnny Carson appearance in 1988, Johnny asked Johansson, Poindexter, whatever you want to call him, where the name came from.
1: Well, it's an old nickname of mine from when I was a kid. Why? Is she? I don't know. That. Um, they used to call me, my mother used to call me Buster, and the kids on the street, they would catch me at the library, so they would call me Poindexter. Right. You know how people like put the encyclopedia outside of a Playboy? Right. I used to do it the other way around. I'd have the Playboy and the encyclopedia on the inside. Good, it throws them off. In
0: 1986, he started making appearances singing with the Saturday Night Live band. He even appeared in a sketch in the 12th season opener with host Sigourney Weaver.
1: Baby, you cannot leave. You but just Butcher, got here. I know, but I just came over to I say hello. I just made a pitcher of fabulous martinis. You know I make the best martinis. I know you do, honey, but I just came over to see how you were, and well, now I really got to go i fine, but let's check. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I got to go when? Oh, baby, it's cold outside. The evening has been so lovely that you dropped so very in. very Hold your
0: hands. That same episode was not only the first televised appearance of Buster, but it was also Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, Jan Hooks, Victoria Jackson, and Kevin Nealon's first episode as SNL cast members. Dana Carvey even debuted The Church Lady on the same episode.
1: Well, isn't that special? Yeah.
0: Buster Poindexter would continue making appearances singing with the band throughout season 12. The season would carry on into 1987, and now... Johansson, as Poindexter, signed a new record deal with RCA Records. And on July 7, 1987, Buster Poindexter was released on RCA Records. Hot, hot, hot. The album begins with a cover of the Charlie Calhoun Orchestra's 1955 song, Smack Dab in the Middle.
1: Pick me a town in any climb where people lie. Rocking time and stay away both day and night everybody's feeling good and right. can soul.
0: Up next is Bad Boy, a song written by Lil Armstrong, the ex-wife of Louis Armstrong and Avon Long, a Tony Award-nominated actor and singer who you might possibly remember from delivering this line in Trading Places.
1: Five dollars. Maybe I'll go to the movies by myself. In
0: 1957, the Jive Bombers had a top 40 hit with Bad Boy. Buster Poindexter's version was never released as a single All right, now I'm going to tell you guys about another podcast. You Are Worthy with Lil Mookie B is a podcast about empathy, therapy, positivity, and love, among others. Comedian, actor, and social media influencer Michael Mookie Blakelock, aka Lil Mookie B, began attending therapy just a few months ago. Instead of keeping the gifts of therapy to himself, he's decided to spread love and positivity through the world by sharing the message of therapy and making sure that people understand that they desperately need therapy too, so that they can be just like him and have empathy just like he does. Each episode, Mookie welcomes your favorite comedians and improvisers, other than him of course, onto the podcast. As if that wasn't enough, he'll share with you what he learned in therapy that week, lead you through guided meditations and affirmations to help you through your boring everyday life, and he'll answer life advice questions from listeners whose lives are falling apart. Listen everywhere podcasts are listened to, and remember that you are worthy. With Lil Mookie B. Track 3 would propel Buster Poindexter into the spotlight. It was a song originally written and performed by Alphonsus Cassell, who performed under the name Arrow. He was a Calypso musician from Montserrat in the West Indies. In 1983, Arrow had a minor hit in the UK with Hot Hot Hot. Hey, The song would have much more success with the Buster Poindexter version. It would be released as a single in late November. A few weeks later, Poindexter would make his return to Saturday Night Live to perform Hot Hot Hot. A month after that, he performed the song on The Tonight Show. The song's music video was in heavy rotation on MTV. In the intro to the video, Poindexter addressed the camera acknowledging Johansson's musical past.
1: Some of you older kids may remember this. Uh, About 15 years ago, as a matter of fact, I was in a band called the New York Dolls. Now look at some of these outfits. We used to wear some really outrageous clothes. You know, these heavy metal bands in L.A. don't have the market cornered on wearing their mother's clothes. So now, like, I'm into this really refined and dignified kind of a situation. I'm playing music that's so soft and sweet. I mean, you can sit by the fireplace and listen to it. You can have a little... A glass of wine, maybe. You could even have
0: dinner with this music. Come on, I'll show you. The video even features Bill Murray, who Johansson would appear alongside in the movie Scrooged later in
1: 1988. I'm the ghost.
0: In addition to the MTV airplay, the single spent 13 weeks on the charts, peaking at number 45 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 11 on the Billboard Hot Dance Club play chart. In a 2006 interview on NPR's Fresh Air, Johansson called the song the bane of my life due to its popularity. next is are you lonely for me baby a song written by bert burns regular listeners of the show may remember that name from the van morrison episode point version was also released as a 12 inch promotional single prior to hot 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 the song features accompanying vocals from Susie tyrell who these days is best known for her work with bruce springsteen Speaking of Springsteen, his current wife and E Street band member, Patti Ski Alpha, also provides some backing vocals on the album. Poindexter's backing band are all pictured on the album's back cover, credited here as Buster Poindexter and his Banshees of Blue. The band consisted of a horn section also known as the Uptown Horns, as well as bassist Tony Garnier, who briefly played in the Saturday Night Live band and would later become Bob Dylan's longtime bassist. There were also a couple of past and future New York Dolls. Drummer Tony Machine, who was the Dolls' third drummer, plus guitarist Brian Coonan, who would join the Dolls for their reunion tours in the mid-2000s. 34.
1: I said you don't look crazy, can't tell why you're here. He sort of looked at me and smiled and whispered in my ear. I'm nuts about screwing music. Screw about a rhythm I'm dilly over all silly melodies Crazy as a loon can be I'm dappy about goofy tempo
0: Oh Me Oh My parentheses, I'm a Fool for You Baby had been a top 30 single for Lulu back in 1969. Buster Poindexter's version was also released as a single. It even had a music video. But his version failed to chart.
1: I'll find the music in your eyes Oh me oh my I'm a fool for you baby Oh me oh my I get crazy I get crazy Oh me oh my I'm a fool for you baby Just let your
0: Here's something that I never knew until researching this episode. The House of the Rising Sun is actually a traditional folk song, also known as Rising Sun Blues. The song is also considered to be the first folk rock hit from when British rock band The Animals had a number one hit in multiple countries with their version of the song in 1964. In 1987, Buster Poindexter took a stab at it. There is-
1: In New Orleans, Nicole, the rising sun. And it's been the ruin of many a poor boy in God. I know I'm one.
0: The final two tracks on the album were written by David Johansson. This next song, Cannibal, was co-written by Joe Delia, who also played organ, piano, and did the horn arrangements for the album. Buster Poindexter even performed the song on Late Night with David Letterman. Our
1: next guest is
0: a uh, talented and entertaining performer who will be in concert with Stephen Wright at the Lake Compounds Festival Park in Bristol, Connecticut on August 24th. This is his latest album right here. Folks, please welcome Buster Poindexter. (laughs) The album's closer is Heart of Gold. It originally appeared on David Johansson's third album, Here Comes the Night, back in 1981.
1: And here's a bit of that version.
0: And here's the Buster Poindexter version. The album was produced by Hank Medriss. This isn't Hank's first appearance on Bizarre Albums. He was also the producer of both the Richard Simmons and the Lenny and the Squeaktones albums. If you haven't heard those episodes, go back and listen. Those are two of my favorite episodes. Give yourself a Hank Medriss refresher. Even with the huge success of Hot Hot Hot, the album spent just 15 weeks on the charts, peaking at number 90. But Johansson wasn't even close to being done with Buster Poindexter. He would return in 1989 with a new album, Buster Goes Berserk. But that is for another time. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarralbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre
1: Albums.